This week on the Story Network Book Club, Isaiah Nash and I discuss How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia, written by Mohsin Hamid and published in 2013. And we good. That MIDI thing about your fucking keyboard popped up again. Oh, nice. Yeah. You got to figure that out. Yeah. I know. I know. Me and Ethan got to sit down and figure that out. Do you know how, uh, how to connect MIDI controllers? You know, I wish I could say I even knew what those were. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Um, on yeah. the topic, how to get rich in rising Asia? How yeah. to get filthy rich in rising Asia? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget the filthy. Yeah. Oh, that's in a very important part of the book. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How'd you guys like the book? It was so. Uh, I didn't expect it to be a sad book. Um. The fir- the second person aspect of it was really really cool. It's the first mm-hmm. book that I've read that did that, mm-hmm. and it it made like the sad parts like hit harder. Yeah. Like I definitely cried at the end, and like I felt a lot of things that like if it were someone else I wouldn't have felt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that it's uh it's like a self help book, but it's more just this narrative of you. But in doing that, it teaches you a lot of lessons by just going through a potential life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the last like couple chapters or last, I think just the last two, but um, it like the author talks about like, mm-hmm. all right, I kind of lied to you about all this. Yep. And like, it's not really a self-help book, but mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah. Also, he's like, like it, it's some about like, it's too late for apologies at this point. Yeah. 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 And he, I like the the addressing how like it's a self-help book for the reader, but it's also a self-help book for the author and writing it and does a really good job of different kinds of narration almost of like the second person narration that's done very effectively um, to connect you to the story. And then very effectively, I think breaking um, that second narrative and talking straight to you as an author and like addressing you as like the person sitting wherever you're sitting, reading this book that he, like he wrote. And, um, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting and well done. It's like, uh, it's like turning and talking to the camera, but not overdone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was, um, really interesting for me because, in a lot of ways it was a self-help book, but I, I viewed it as a self-help book for like each stage in an overly ambitious man's life. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was young, all he wanted to do was um, like get out of the place where he was. Like at first he was happy, right? The book started out very happy and like joyous and he was sort of living this simple life, but he saw how his parents were struggling and saw that that was his future too. And how his sister was like wet off at this super young age and how everyone was just like basically perverse, um, towards her. And, uh, that sort of bled into him as well. Mm-hmm. There was, there was a mention of, uh, like get over here and sit on my dick as like a joke. And yeah. that would have like traumatized me at mm-hmm. his age, but it seemed like something that was just part of their, their mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. and so as he grew older he just like climbed that ladder and he kept telling you like this is what you have to do to to succeed and then in the end he he told you you don't have to to do any of this this was all like something that made my life worse and so that's the real like realization i guess mm-hmm. um yeah which how okay how are we going to address the main character of the book like are we just gonna say you yeah to each other? 
All right. That um, works for me. Uh, <laughs> <or> <laughs> we could. I feel like the protagonist doesn't quite work. Yeah, and it's not it's not the narrator because the narrator is the author. Um, Did it ever mention his name? Uh, no, no. It's just you. It's yeah. no. Yeah, there's it's, no it's, last names given. No, it's like you. the sister. Nobody. No one has a name. It's no like one the, has a name the, really. The, the yeah, cute, you're the pretty right. girl and mm-hmm. yeah, your yeah. sister, your ex brother and wife. Yeah, the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, your son. I guess we say you. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll just make sure to address each other by names. Yes. If we have to, but also <laughs> we can just look at each other. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's a really, I mean, really well done story, but, um, yeah, it's just like growing up in a world full hardship of like, it starts out with him having, um, what, oh, what did he have at the beginning? Jaundice. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it hepatitis C? I thought it was B. Oh, B? Okay. That's what it yeah, was. But yeah, but it talks about his eyes being uh, jaundiced. And, yep. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just like everyone has it because of that, like the whole drinking, washing, and then like where you go to the bathroom in the river mm-hmm. is like smart within the village, but mm-hmm. then each village does it. So there's like several villages upstream mm-hmm. that like all of their their growth stuff that they're putting in the water is just going down into your drinking water mm-hmm. yeah 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 the author does a really good which i just now realized the like turnaround with that mm-hmm. and then him starting up a bottling like a water bottling thing mm-hmm. sh- scam kind of company yeah no nah, i mean it was um, legit yeah and yeah. then it, he it was had to do things to survive is how i looked at it you yeah. know yeah it's like it's not it's, it's just itself, like how things, mm. yeah it was just like how things are done mm-hmm. um i noticed that i think it's interesting that like if you really want to get what the title um uh offers you can just read like the chapter headings or like chapter titles mm-hmm. of like don't be afraid of violence like you know spend very little blah 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 yeah like the the, the chapter titles are like the lessons the lessons yeah. for like the financial stuff but then if you actually read the book it's a lot yeah more yeah deeper it, it like it masks itself about being fi- about finances but really it's about like love and emotion yeah. and like understanding and human connection and I think that the, there's a really good job of um, I think the the river at the beginning's example of this of um, like pulling out and looking at the scale of things and at human systems on a larger scale um, and yeah both looking at the scope of like an individual and then pulling out and seeing where that individual falls in this larger human system yeah, um, yeah. well something I found really fascinating was just um just the stark contrasts, you know, throughout the book. Um, I really thought it followed like a, like a you, um, where poverty was essentially something he was running away from in the beginning, but brought him, uh, joy. And then Mm -hmm. when he finally got basically where he was going, um, then, uh, he realized that it was just like this denial of like, all the things that actually mattered to get mm-hmm. to this point, you know, like ethics and love and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he gets to the end, that's all he has left. All he has left are the family members that haven't betrayed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 
the pretty woman, um, the pretty girl. And, you know, all of those things are just things that, that I, I personally truly believe in. And so a lot of the book, I was sort of like, man, I hate this guy, <laughs> you know, like, especially yeah. the, like the middle, it's like, I don't, I don't know why he's addressing me as, as you, the author, because it's not something that I, I would ever go down. But then, you know, in the end, I, I recognized that it was very poignant because of that, you know, like yeah. the death. I, I think it's, um, the lesson of like not losing track of the things that actually matter in life is, um, one that a lot of people, I think there's like a higher proclivity to skip over it. Um, and I think by making it like you are doing it and it's this kind of lesson of like, stay focused on like the personal connection Mm -hmm. and like the human element of life. Well, really it's, there's stories of both the main character, uh, you and, uh, all of the side characters really like people surviving in like a harsh world where, like part of being a businessman is having a uh, a guy with an assault rifle there to protect you or like you're moving up in the world. All right. This dude came to like kill you yeah. and your guard like shoots him in the head several times or like his sister getting married and then having to move and not being able to go to college or like how uh, the, the pretty girl has to use sex and her femininity in ways that are just like, mm-hmm sad consequences of this system and i don't know how how these human systems like enact a toll on us but at the end of the day like everyone's still human and people are still able to find a connection and um yeah yeah no it really is just a story about how money can't buy you happiness and Mm -hmm. i i love the contrast between like the title because how i went into it was thinking like okay well, this is going to be, uh, basically like this capitalist manifesto when in actuality it was the antithesis. It Mm -hmm. was, um, just this, you know, sort of rage against, um, what society tells you matters and Mm -hmm. focus on the people you love Mm -hmm. because, um, the pretty, the pretty girl's story parallels, um, yours in a lot of ways where she does like rise up to the top and she's also chasing those dreams Mm -hmm. and, isn't truly happy until she she basically like loses her um beauty mm-hmm. and she loses that which was like granting her all of this um power mm-hmm. and then she's just living with like an actress and a singer and like truly happy and connected to people for the first time in her life instead of just sleeping with a new man who can give her a new position of power mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, it's like in losing status, um, they both find like happiness and are able to like establish that human connection that they, at least that the narrator really desired um, in the beginning. Um, but then she ran off to chase her dreams and he ran off his chase his dreams and, you know, got married, had a son, mm-hmm. had a heart attack. Yeah. I did find the end, um, one, one bit of the end was sort of difficult for me to, to empathize with. And that was the, like clinging on to life, um, and everything people around him sacrificed to give him, I think it was like eight more months is what the doctor quoted him. Mm -hmm. Um, they brought in this, like, um, 
I, I interpreted it as Western um, doctor because mm-hmm. they talked about how yeah. full his head of hair was. And he was sort of orange. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they never described the color of his skin, but it was always like kind of inferred um, that he came from the West and they just sacrificed so much in the end, like especially his, his ex-wife who the entire book just wanted his love and affection and he tried to substitute that with like objects mm-hmm. and... Um, God, it, it broke my heart that one passage where it was like um, he bought her like that diamond necklace, which yeah. was the nicest mm-hmm. thing any of like either of them had ever had. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, he's actually like starting to to show affection towards me. And then she only wore it like twice a year because mm-hmm. she just gave up and and cried. And, and by the oh time he God. finally like realized yeah. it was way too late, she would only talk to him about like basically house business matters mm-hmm. yeah um yeah yeah just their their like misalignment um is really tragic um well i think the book is tragic because it's trying to save us from tragedy yeah 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 that's what i was kind of trying to hit earlier is just like it's i'm really glad i not that this is something i was like wishing for Mm-hmm. Um, or like directly working for, but like, it's always good when you have a moment where it like realigns you to like what you actually care about yeah, mm-hmm. and highlights the things that like actually matter. Yeah. Yeah. There's a direct correlation to his unhappiness and how much money he's making and just like how much he has to focus on making more money mm-hmm. and growing the business. And cause you know, if you're not growing, your competitors are going to eclipse you and yeah. then you're just mm-hmm. going to lose it all. Well, and he loses not everything, but most of everything. Uh, and just like the one moment of he has a heart attack and his brother-in-law runs away with all the money. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he just has like what savings he had in secret and has to use that to like do a bunch of bribes to not go to jail. And yeah, um, yeah lives in a hotel for a while. Um which is Which, one of those quick side note. It's one of those like old timey like book movie things that I'm like, it's fun. I like the idea of like like live like Nikola Tesla in some hotel, but yeah, um, I don't think that's pretty very sustainable as a current thing to do, probably. But you know, uh, oh well. Um, oh man, there's a point. Oh, uh, the part where he's talking to the bureaucrat cause he wants to become like part of the like municipal, mm-hmm. uh, water supply. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, you're going to go into this room and have dinner or lunch or whatever with these guys. And they're going to say a number and you're going to accept it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the weird formalities yeah. of like, I mean, they could just like have a phone call and be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, and it's but like, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just as you like as you go higher up into the system, things get like more and more drawn out mm-hmm. and extravagant. Well, what? I think that these things are prominent in third world countries, but um, I definitely don't think it's isolated to them. I think no. that we see it here in the I United mean, States, yeah. like, Europe, and yeah, you got to pay your due and time and money and respect, and you got to like fit into the uh, like social kind of aspect of it mm-hmm. too and like everyone's gotta get along with you for them to allow you to yeah have your status 
Yeah, it's all about, you know, gatekeeping and yeah. power structures. That it's like the whole car dealership bullshit. Yeah, which, quick side note, um, car dealerships way back when uh, got it legally binding in the U.S. that to open a car dealership, you have to get permission from all the car dealerships in the area. What? They are a legal cartel. It is ridiculous. That is insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, weird, weird world. Well, I mean, since what was it 2003 people's united decision we're a legal plutocracy um you know it's it's a mad world out there indeed indeed yeah touching on the the idea of like these human systems um that's something i definitely really appreciate out the book because i think we need to probably think about that more of if unless you're living in the countryside uh everything you see including every plant is human put it's it's all there because us and we can change stuff if we want but uh we just gotta yeah. fucking do it yeah yeah um anyways back to the book um it's uh i had a like brief nostalgic moment for when i started like first started like working and making money mm-hmm. of like yeah the dumb shit you spend your money on as mm-hmm. a kid like he makes a, he gets a raise that he doesn't tell his parents about so he can afford milk so he can try to get more protein to yeah. get bigger. Uh, yeah, and it, it works. Then he becomes like this like buff dude and goes yeah. in, in college, gets a beard and becomes like yeah, the whole associated college with some revolutionary. Yeah, and, what did you guys think of that? Did you? I, I was torn between whether it was like um, Marxists or socialists or like um, Islamists. You know, like I wasn't sure there wasn't a lot of information. Yeah, I don't know. know. I, I know. I think um, it's intentionally vague. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like the author, I don't know. I looked up, I read a little bit about the author. Okay. Uh, Mosin, I think is how you pronounce that. I'm not great with pronunciations, but Mosin. I'll, I'll uh, look made, up a pronunciation guide when I do the intro. All right. Um, <laughs> cool. Steve will have said it correctly in the intro. Um, uh, but he uh, is Pakistani. He lived in the U.S. from the ages of three to nine while his dad uh, was getting a Ph.D. at Stanford. And mm. then he went back to Pakistan and then he moved back when he was he moved to the U.S. when he was 18 to go to. He went to Harvard and Princeton, I believe. Wow. Um, and he stunder, studied under like a bunch of famous writers and now is Jesus. a famous writer. Um, yeah, I'd like to see read some of his other stuff and see what kind of... Yeah, he, he trained under Morissette, I remember. Um, and there was another one, but I don't remember. And I'm a bad podcaster now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Of like, yeah, yeah, I don't. Well it's the right level of vagueness that I'm not sure if he if there was like one place he kind of like if he wrote sort of about one mm-hmm. place in rising Asia and then just like smoothed it over with yeah. like a blurring mm-hmm. well because like smudge pencil until yeah, he it does was that with uh, or pop culture references because um, mm-hmm. he makes a reference to Star Wars that's super vague. He made a reference to something else that I didn't get, but I was like, I feel like that's a thing. 
that he's explicitly hey, like Star calling out. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. Uh, he talked about um, word scrolling um, oh, yeah. on the screen, oh. like some epic sci-fi adventure. And then like there was some other subtle thing right afterwards about Star Wars. Um, I didn't try it down. I, um, but. I could relate a lot to, not necessarily with movies, but when he's doing the DVD, um, like pirating job mm-hmm. uh, and like distribution of like having to through hearing all of these other people's conversations like piece together how to talk about different films mm-hmm. and like that's how he learns about like popular media mm-hmm. of just like being clever and and piecing all sorts of things together yeah mm-hmm. well in that period of his life i was fascinated by a certain certain thing that happened so he described two sex scenes essentially um Mm -hmm. in his younger years before he um becomes uh, before he goes to college and that was between his his mother and father and between he and the and the pretty girl Mm -hmm. now did anyone else find it odd that the (laughs) the pretty girl's sex scene was was about a paragraph and the parents sex scene was was like half a page it was just sort of like it was definitely like a lot longer and more in detail it was it was i i I think part of that was um like leaning into like the lack of privacy and that it's like you know even though you're not involved in this thing it's happening you know right there yeah 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 and the way it ends of like they plop down on the mattress exhausted and pass out and then it's instant like yeah topic change mm-hmm. yeah um yeah um yeah there was there yeah, was i i'm not sure why maybe because the one with the pretty girl it was like a short encounter i think it was it, it part of it was that it's like this thing that he like coveted and hoped for and and then then it like it happens but it's just like real brief moment between them yeah but then it sticks with him for so long yeah Um, i mean it there was a little sentence that said um he was the the type of man who found um or you were the type of man i guess is how i should say it Mm -hmm. uh who found love with his penis Mm -hmm. and uh luckily for for you Mm -hmm. uh she was the type of woman who considered her second partner to be the one between her first and her third mm-hmm. and that was very poignant um because she she used that her entire life just her sexuality and he mm-hmm. was always very reserved with his so well and and i think it's a a really good moment of illustrating the theme of like if he was to chase love he would not become a rich man yeah and um so like you know the step the important step in becoming a like filthy rich and rising asia is to not get in love and right yeah sacrifice everything. and he explicitly yeah. says that at one point of like it's still possible but it's much less likely yeah mm-hmm. your drive goes down you lose yeah, that like you're animalistic happy. need yeah and exactly yeah things are good mm-hmm. you're not trying to fill a void <laughs> yeah uh which is kind of an interesting paradox of like what something that i've it seems a lot of people um find attractive in another person is like that drive but then when you find someone and you're happy, like it tends to go down a little bit, not completely, but it's just an interesting flux. You just got to be like Eames or like the days where you're just like a mega power couple. 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you just shape a whole, the, the Eames effectively shape the idea of what futuristic elegance looks like. Um, or in the ant world, it's Ember and Ember. Um, I can look up their first names, but, uh, it's a very feminist anthropologist power couple and they run the, um, basically the site that you go to for like cross-cultural like if you just want to do statistical work um it's like you go you like you go there that's like the only place pretty much right i mean i think what he was getting at was like love just um it takes so much to like maintain it it's like Mm -hmm. love is a garden you know and Mm -hmm. you need to tend it you need to spend time there and it will bear fruits but um you're sacrificing what you could be spending on on like money Mm -hmm. which is in the beginning you know that's that's all he cared about that's all Mm -hmm. he was missing he had love when he was younger right and he thought that wasn't enough the people around him weren't happy and they had so much love his his mother and father were together their entire lives and so he he sacrificed all of that and i think that really what he, he was trying to to show us was that um that was sort of the turning point for me. It was at least that, that's how mm-hmm. I, how I viewed it was that for, for that protagonist, if he would have just been able to express love in a genuine way, um, he wouldn't have gone down all of these dark paths mm-hmm. trying to fulfill, um, basically these like fantasies of like reaching the place that he's mm-hmm. going you know he always had this idea that he was going to be there right one day he was going to be filthy rich mm-hmm. and just never happened and when it did he was never satisfied yeah um well it's it's I, illustrated again then with his um when he gets married of like his wife wants to like have romantic love with him and yeah. then he is just focused on money and he totally blows his chance and like by the, the time he like realizes where she gets like the violet lingerie mm-hmm. and makes oh, this God. huge deal and he's just like yeah so tired from working um and he's got what like a fucking generator yeah in his yeah. hand and he's no, just no, like he had he had the flashlight and he oh, like yeah. shined it on her when she had like all this candle lit like ambiance mm-hmm. and yeah because yeah, she had the house was lit by candles so she didn't know like the power had gone out and like yeah just they're continually just like on different pages um well and she just tried to so communicate you gotta talk yeah yeah people talk to each other because i think she was genuinely like one of the purest characters in the entire book right Absolutely. she's like i'll i'll marry you um but here's the thing let me get an education let me pursue my dreams and then i'll bear you a child and uh he was like yeah whatever that's the thing that i'm gonna like that's the thing that i have to do right that's like the step it's not like i love you it's like you're a you're a fitting mate um <laughs> yeah and it talks about like they didn't have sex after they had their child five years yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um well and then when uh when they're old um you and the the pretty girl like they talk and they have communication and they like have this connection well and when they they meet at the restaurant um hotel place um uh and kind of when they meet before that like their connection is 
always about conversation first. Um, Mm -hmm. When his connection with most everyone else that we can see, or really everyone else that we see is business first. And um, like, it's, it's never about that human connection. I mean, maybe with the exception of his, his siblings and parents, yeah, yeah. And I would say his son too, because uh, yeah. there's the oh. the line about um, the hour he spends with his son at dinner is like he smiles Which, more and laughs more in that hour than the rest of his days. I don't know if he puts it together, but the way he feels about time with his son is like the same way that his wife at first felt about time with him, and like mm-hmm. a lot of people felt about time with him, and like there's all these like. I don't know. I, I just, the whole time I wanted to just like turn around yeah, and like look at, you know, other situations and cross compare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always um, struck by the parallels between this, this book and um, this lecture that I, I listened to from Alan Watts, um, where a, a synapsis of which is, is essentially like a lot of people go through life um, trying to like get somewhere, right? It's like a destination. You're trying to get rich. Um, you're trying to get to that place where you're successful or wealthy or happy. Mm-hmm. And at some point around, usually around 40 or 50 years old, which is sort of what the protagonist was um, when he realized that this was forcefully because he was then poor, he realized that it wasn't the right direction. But Alan Watts said at that point, you, you realize, my God, I'm here. And it's that, at that it's at that, point that the loneliness and like the emptiness sets in because you realize that you spent your entire life missing the point that it wasn't mm-hmm. a destination it was a song mm-hmm. and you were supposed to dance there yeah. was um there's been a actually like two or three points now that i was going to bring this up so i think it's something i should bring up probably um as i hit the table with my elbow um <laughs> earlier when we were talking about I forgot the first one and now I'm forgetting the second one. Nice. But, oh, like conversation first. Oh yeah. Um, and then there was a couple other things that also tied to this, but in my trip to Greece, the most vivid and fond memories I have are just like the everyday shit of like sitting at a cafe and having biscuits and a frappe or which you, you wouldn't think Nestle instant coffee would be so good. But when it's that fucking hot out, and it's iced. It's really good. <laughs> um, or like in the market, just like picking through the fruit and getting the ones that are like ripe today and not underripe or over. It just like, it just has a little like life. Yeah. Just moments. like enjoying like the small shit and just like, like get, seeing the, uh, the chapels at, uh, on the Meteora were like amazing. And it's uh, like a, it's a great experience, but that was like one thing. And in between all those like one time things, there is all these other moments of life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the uh, journey. Got to be in the moment. Yeah. I think a lot of the times what we get caught up in because we're, we're complex animals and we like to cling to ideas are things that aren't really real, you mm-hmm. know, but what you were just talking about and what this book talks about is, is forgetting those things, money being the, the dominant one mm-hmm. um, that aren't real, you know, think about like walking through um, like the grass barefoot that is going to have such a huge impact on your day 
compared to looking at your bank account and seeing that you made another thousand dollars. You know, that's mm-hmm. not going to last. That little dopamine rush isn't something that your body is programmed to do. You're an animal of sensation, um, not of like ideas and, and ephemeral things. It kind of reminds me of the part where um, he has, he, uh, the pretty girl calls him up and is like, Hey, you want to have dinner? And he's like, yes. And she's like, you don't need to know when. And he's like, well, I mean today, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, Haha. <laughs> um, that was a funny thing of them. Like both like trying to be like funny and cool. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, when he goes out and gets the pants and the shirt and it's just the most gaudy, yeah. uh, what does the shirt say? Like um, man meat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. What? yeah, yeah I think spent, it, it was like a leather spent, jacket or something. Yeah. yeah. A fortnight's worth of like uh, earnings or like life expenses or some shit like that. Yeah. And then they yeah. still didn't fit. Yeah. And yeah. then like he tried to bring the pants back and she just looks at him and is like, nah. And just like he felt so great about it. And then it was gone right away because yeah. it was such an impulse. And like he didn't think about it at all and i think that's yeah i do like the pretty girl finds that like kind of charming Mm -hmm. in a way though um yeah yeah his like enthusiasm without like any actual connection to like the like fashion world she's from and um (laughs) yeah so you know he buys short jeans and a man meat jacket um (laughs) but i think thinking back he could have just like rolled them up well, and had yeah. like capris. I think he could have I don't, showed up in, in dirty anything. pants yeah. and without a clean shirt. And she would have said, you know, there's, there's the man I love. I don't think she would have cared. I think it was a point about that. Honestly, mm-hmm. is that like, because he spent all this money um, and then realized that it was useless. You should probably realize that too, that if someone's mm-hmm. going to care about you because of your clothing, then that's probably not the right person. Yeah. 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 Well, what she, uh, what she finds attractive is that like, like while he's not comfortable in his clothes, he's comfortable in his skin and yeah. like he's mm-hmm. him and he's fine with being him. Um, so yeah, yeah. The, it's more about attitude and yeah. Inward reflection than, uh, man meat jackets and this has been the dating advice podcast brought to you by the story network <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um this is the best uh self-help book that i think i've read that's yeah it's a good one not that i've read very many but i've read a couple yeah and it's real good in the fact that it like isn't but the fact that it isn't it is mm-hmm. and it's yeah i think it's more poignant because it isn't like mm-hmm. um this bullet list of of ideas and and things for you to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't illustrate that you should always live in the present moment and focus on what really matters um, by saying that outright. Mm-hmm. It says that by taking you through a life, I felt like I was living that life, you know, Same. on fast forward. And like I had uh, like real emotions over like lost time mm-hmm. and like yeah. those years where I just did nothing but worked and didn't like see my son didn't talk to my wife mm-hmm. i was fascinated by this lady who was in the fashion industry and now she's on a cooking show and like i felt my own heartstrings pull for all of these mistakes that i haven't made mm-hmm. yeah um i'll talk about the 
the ending of the book and the like those last couple lines of um I tried them down on a piece of paper I did not take with me to where we're currently recording. We have the book here, so we do have the book, so yeah, I guess we can just read the words. Yeah, those those words at the end. It go ahead. Okay. So everyone's gathered around and it basically is is like back in time and then you he, he sort of realizes that this is this is an illusion and jumping in and you were ready to die well ready to die like a man like a woman like a human for despite all else you have loved you have loved your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and your son and yes your ex-wife and you have loved the pretty girl you have been beyond yourself and so you have courage and you have dignity and you have calmness in the face of terror and awe and the pretty girl holds your hand and you contain her and this book and me writing it and i too contain you who may not yet even be born you inside me inside you though not in a creepy way and so may you may i may we so may all of us confront the end i like how it ends with the end yeah i didn't actually realize that yeah snuck it in there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just it's this really great and like the joke of but not in a creepy way is perfectly timed of like oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's all building and then there's like a little bit of like relief from it Mm -hmm. and then there's a little bit more build to like remind you that like it's serious and you need to well i thought the entire like last couple chapters were like that where it Mm -hmm. was like this heavy heavy book like Mm -hmm. i am torn up about it and then in the end i found myself just like laughing out loud um at a at a good few moments and that was just such a good release after all of that sadness i was like i read like the last 150 pages in one sitting because it was so good but it was a good relief yeah yeah uh the author is a very good author yeah i really love the just that like focusing on like the humanity of it um and yeah, that valuing love and like human connection um, over the various like material systems that we construct. And uh, there was a other moment I wanted to bring up in connection to this. While you think, I like that you wouldn't know this because you read the actual book like a hero. Um, <laughs> but it's narrated by the author yeah and it, oh, it's is it? okay. yeah it's really it like makes it that much like all the lessons are like that much more impactful that he is directly talking to you mm-hmm. in, like on all of these levels of like he's the narrator and the book's about you and it's like mm-hmm. a lot like a lot of it just like hit home and sunk in like right away i think because it's it's the author's voice that's telling it to you yeah yeah, yeah it's because yeah, because the narrator is the author, as you get reminded a handful of times. And um, I really just that that moment of talking about how it's like it's a self-help book. Um, it's a self-help book for the reader and for the author. And it's both a monetary self-help book and like an emotional self-help book for both. Um, and that like, you know, he makes money off of this and that helps him. And there's lessons about money and emotion in it and in the same time like layers of in the process of writing about all of it i'm sure it was a cathartic experience in various ways um there's a lot of parallels on the author and reader side mm -hmm. of like just being completely matched on the goals of the book and like it succeeds at all of those goals yeah it's that human connection 
so now knowing a little bit about the backstory of of the author what do you think of the um possible tie between like the author and um your son um who goes to america um i i sort of was struck by that because i i sort of inferred that it was somewhere in um either in in pakistan or um i i don't know why but i was kind of zeroing in on like east india also being a possibility um but when when his son leaves and goes to the united states um i guess he doesn't call it the united states america um mm-hmm. could it be canada um but when he does that it's not canada no 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 one goes to canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry vancouver yeah <laughs> um when he does that it's it's like clearly a deep sadness because um he really loved his boy like almost more than anyone else um and so i wonder if that was sort of a something he was drawing from his own life yeah mm-hmm. it might have because so his dad and him moved back and then he left right what? Or yeah no i think i think he lives in the united states now um i think mm-hmm. yeah it was sort of like back and forth and then he went to college here and stayed sort of like his son mm-hmm. yeah so um i wonder if it was like a way for him to kind of try to understand like his father's position of because like you know you get your parents being like you don't call me enough or you know stuff like that and it's mm-hmm. well it, it's yeah it is it's very interesting because like the narrator or they are you you live with your father until he dies um Mm -hmm. in the same apartment and then yeah just that contrast and the like generational differences that happen mixed with like like he was born the you were born in the countryside and grew up there and so you had a different like frame of reference than your son who by the time you he was born, you were already like a decently rich man, and so just like, yeah, changes in perspective. I love that generational perspective, especially in the end where you're an old man, and he's talking about like all the, uh, sort of like drops a few hints about hipsters, mm-hmm. um, in in Pakistan, um, or in wherever this is in in rising Asia, mm-hmm. and uh, in the city, in the city, uh, yes, and the. The mustaches and strange beard styles. Yeah. Artificial weathering. Yeah. That make them belong to new clans that you're not sure that they even entirely understand. Yeah. And like wearing icons Mm -hmm. that you're not sure what they represent. Yeah. Yeah. Damn hamsters. Stealing everybody's (laughs) iconography. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. It's. uh, Well, it's also it's. I really enjoyed the kind of like time frame references um, in the later life of like fiber internet happening and yeah. stuff. So it, like it places the end of the book in like today, basically. Yeah. Um, somewhere within this like last decade to let me check when this book was published. Actually, two thousand twelve is when he recorded the audio book. There is a lot of quotes about this book in the first intro pages. Holy crap. There's like talking real four far away pages of mic. quotes of we're, people talking about the book. We're Damn. creating more quotes right now. So indeed, indeed. 2013 is the copyright. Yeah, really? So then they, that means they like recorded the audiobook like right when they made it smart. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. I mean, it's a, 
Penguin House Publishing. So, you know, I could yeah. make sense. They're, they know what they're doing with books. They've been yeah. around for a bit. They've adapted. <laughs> they've stayed around. They, like, have kept up, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not that, like, it's changed too terribly much, but at the same time it has. Yeah. Physical book sales are um, not decreasing anymore. I think the last, like, two or three years they've gone up in the U.S., which is... Uh, Fucking awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Surprised me a bit, but uh, cool. Yeah, I loved how in the end... Um, as as a, an aspiring agroecologist um there was like mentions of like climate change that was going on that mm-hmm. um you'd never seen before uh, along with all of this like change in the city where like they were talking about um oh soon like we want to have potable water that just comes from the tap mm-hmm. like north america and europe yeah and um just like that fetishization of western countries um, mm-hmm. that I've always seen when I go abroad, um, it's always been very much like, oh, uh, like an American, that's, you're like automatically at this like different level because your, your country's industrialized. Um, and it's just very strange. And so it's very like refreshing to see that he saw that difference, um, of like, oh yeah, the aquifers incredibly low because we're, you know, putting all these people in a city now and it's not supposed to handle this and Mm -hmm. agriculture is getting pushed further and further away because we're diverting all of it for the city and there's still all this pollution and so that was very like poignant topic for me just Mm -hmm. this old man being you you know back in back in the day there wasn't any like question of that it was a question of is the water safe but now it's okay well the water's safe but now there's so many people that Mm -hmm. we're not going to have any water it's just a yeah another example of these like human constructed systems not being good for humans or in this case um the rest of life as well yeah um so peregrine falcons they're uh i guess they are perfectly adapted to new york city and now new york city has the largest known population of them to ever exist wow that's Um, wonderful (laughs) yeah i mean a lot of other stuff's dying out which is sad and we need to really work on wait pelicans Um, peregrine falcons falcons okay i heard yeah. you wrong <laughs> I also Pelic- heard pelicans. did i say pelicans i i was like wow that's shocking yeah i know it right? does not seem like a pelicans w- playground weird all right <laughs> no yeah the uh, the skyscrapers are just like cliff faces and there's like yeah. a bunch of rats and pigeons and shit for them to eat i'm not quite sure what they eat but yeah you know, there's just various vermin running around new york city there's some crazy stuff um so like pigeons descend from this animal called a rock dove, right? Um, and they've never been in the same habitat as this like one catfish. I can't remember where this is. It must be somewhere in North America. Um, but unless it's an introduced catfish in Europe, but it just like has adapted towards eating these, these pigeons because That's they're so just crazy. everywhere. So it just like waits by the water and just like jumps at them and like drags them down into the water. It's some crazy shit, but birdie and fish. I love it. Uh, <laughs> oh, that birds that's amazing! With your wings. Um, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nature's crazy. Nature is crazy, and we're a part of nature. We're the craziest part of nature. We're yeah, the, we're the coolest sure. nature to ever happen. Yeah. We're. Uh, yeah, we it's like so easy connected to forget about that. oceans with giant trenches, and yeah, could bend a space. Yeah. 
on a slightly sadder note, I learned the other day um, from watching our planet that uh, humans have uh, taken down half the world's forests um, from when we started cutting down forests. So, woo! Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. We're recording this in the, the Great Plains, and uh, mm-hmm. it's the most destroyed ecosystem on the face of the planet, Prairie. There's almost none left. Yeah. So it's the forgotten, the forgotten uh, destruction. We we came through and and killed everything because because it looked like nothing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, but goddamn, does this soil yield good crops? Um, mm. It's tough. Yeah, you just got to be careful not to like you know cause a dust bowl. Yeah, because uh, yeah. those are bad. <laughs> well, we've learned. Yeah, some, hopefully. Maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but he mentioned that in the book as well, talking about the soil. He was like, "Yeah, the soil was like like around the city. The city was founded here because the soil was like rich and muddy. Mm-hmm. And now that we've drained the soil, it's basically lost its life, and it becomes this like parched, dead thing mm-hmm. um, surrounding humanity." Yeah, the the chase of money destroys not just your soul and your happiness, but destroys the world around you and yeah. the potential for other people to live in it in the future. Damn. Damn. Yeah. This book gets real heavy all of a sudden. It, it does. does. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy but shit. It is really good at, you know, having little release valves like they, uh, but not in a creepy way line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a good line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think the part where I, I was really like, my heart was finally released from all this tension that had built up over, um, me wanting to just like shake the protagonist, um, throughout the entire center of the book was, um, when he and, and the pretty girl met like for the last time, essentially, like when they, started just hanging out mm-hmm. um and then eventually living together um she she came up and uh he was i i assume just a mess uh having gone through like open heart surgery and walking with a cane everywhere and she seemed fairly like fine she didn't have any external injuries it was just the cancer slowly eating her um but she was just like my god do you look as old as i or do i look at, as old as you do and mm-hmm. it was just such a moment of release where they were just like so happy to see each other um, Mm -hmm. over all the years. And also when you get to that point, like that, that moment is like close. So you just get more comfortable with it. Yeah. And like, yeah, well, and you, you start to just like joke about it because like, if you fear it, then it's like, you know, it's just going to suck more. So you might as well just be fine with it. Yeah. I love the um the kind of like cycling in curving nature almost of the uh of the author's writing of like talking about um when they were both old they lived within like 30 minutes of a crow flying but crows in the city fly like all around and in circles and whatever so it could be much farther away but it could be much closer and this like just like yeah mm-hmm. the the wonderful vagueness um that is able to communicate a lot of feeling um by using very little specifics um that's just very well done yeah the whole thing is very um it allows you to fill in a lot of blanks and i think that allows you you to connect better Mm -hmm. um that combined with the second person perspective um 
you really make it your own and in a, in a world that's very foreign to, to me as mm-hmm. a white man in a first world country, uh, I felt very much connected because I was having to fill in a lot of the scenery and the daily life. Um, cause it was just so vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting cause, um, because of architecture and design stuff, um, like I could very much envision exactly what the neighborhoods looked like. I'm like, Oh, I know what those neighborhoods look like because yeah. I've seen the, like every, every so often on like arc daily, there'll be like some brand new expensive office or house in the middle, um, of just like this neighborhood where it's like, everything's worn down and old looking. And then it's like shiny new building in the middle of it, which yeah. is very interesting. But, um, yeah, describing like the roofs and everything. And I was like, Oh yeah. I've never just, been there, but yeah, I just I filled in like a, the scenery with like just the places I'd been and like the different neighborhoods within those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of silent ponderings over this book. Yeah. 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 It, it is good for an audio format, but I mean, we can, <laughs> they're going we'll to get the cut out. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> just know that there's a lot of just like staring at the table and thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this book does that to you. It's one of those ones where you just got to sit there for a while afterwards and be like, all right. It was I'm really just gonna good stare into a middle distance to and, listen yeah. to while I was just making a bunch of bread yeah. at work. Cause I'm just like, I'm doing the same thing every now and then I get interrupted with a timer, but, um, yeah, I'm just like rolling out PETA after PETA after PETA, just like all this, um, repetitive like kind of i don't know if rote is the right word yeah but it mm-hmm. it uh just let me fully like live in the book and like that's all i had to like that's uh i could freely let it encompass all of my like consciousness mm-hmm. yeah normally when i'm listening to an audiobook i'm doing something with my hands but for this i listen to most of it just like either sitting and listening to it or just like laying down and listening to it um and just yeah i don't know it's it's very good yeah this book i just was reading it physically so i just sort of had it like front of my face <laughs> um and i kind of devoured it i mm-hmm. ate it or i just like got through it in uh, a couple of days of mm-hmm. just like two sessions of heavy reading and um i think that was more immersive uh I think I definitely got into it pretty deeply and was genuinely upset like at certain points in my day and like it carried throughout my day. And I was just like, cause it it plays itself off as like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, my God, is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, is this, (laughs) is this the life that that this author is trying to deliver to me? But Mm -hmm. the ending was just so satisfying of saying I did everything wrong, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and I really like the fact that you are watching yourself do this thing, but you have no control over it, which is not unlike being heavily dissociated. It like, it highlights what that moment when you look back and you like, just see all the shit you haven't paid attention to and like all that regret Mm -hmm. and, yeah yeah it makes me think of um 
when there's like interviews with people that are like a hundred years old or in their like late nineties and they're like, what do you wish you did more of? And they're like, I wish I would have like partied more and like worked less. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. it's interesting cause it's always like the things that aren't healthy for you necessarily and probably hinder your chances of living to a hundred. But then I'm like, Oh, I, I don't, it's just a, it's an interesting contrast. Well, um, so much of it's genetics. I mean, yeah. that's really like, the hard part about it is like yeah. you, can, you can live a really good life but you kind of have a hand you were dealt um you can help in certain ways and especially like the country you live in um, if you can get medical care it's mm-hmm. gonna help but in a lot of ways people can smoke a pack a day and still live to 100 if they have the right Japan the right stuff has one of the longest not like the longest but they have a really long life expectancy and a really really high smoking population mm-hmm. i don't doubt that yeah yeah, yeah. they also um, have little street corrals because it's too crowded and it's like <laughs> a cigarette in your hand is eye height to a kid you yeah know? they have signs about that um so you like go to these like little smokers corrals and you just like furiously smoke through a cigarette and then keep walking to you know <laughs> the convenience store or whatever didn't you tell me that um, the like stock um, exchange in uh, Japan has yeah. like crazy efficient um, air cyclers so, or scrubbers or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, the uh, the just the regular break room at the stock exchange is also the smoking room, um, and it's just has really really powerful like air cycling and purification. Um, cause there's like this like standing table in the middle and it has ashtrays in it and like, we just like lit a cigarette and it had drank a soda and like, you can't smell it. And like the smoke just like instantly gets sucked up into the ceiling and I guess shot out into space. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just was imagining like a smoke pipe of just cigarette smoke and I was like, <laughs> ugh, ugh, that's fun. Um, I guess there's worse things to have uh you know exhaust pipes for but yeah uh, i found it interesting that um throughout the book like basically physical materials tended to dissociate the protagonist from the things that actually mattered Mm -hmm. started off the book um with no real transportation just a bike Mm -hmm. and he was made fun of quite a bit for it and he resented that and so eventually you worked up to an SUV, um, which is like the peak, you know, where like you're above everyone else, literally. Mm-hmm. And um, then he was really happy when he just had a suitcase of possessions mm-hmm. and you were taking a taxi everywhere you needed to go. Mm-hmm. And also like the living situations, he was happy when he was living with people. And then when he was living alone, he described it as like just this like, I think it was like uh, a sailor like coming into yeah. shore and not feeling sure about like how to handle a lack of movement, a lack of, of noise. Mm-hmm. I think he said after like five decades or something like that, like yeah. being out at sea for like an immense amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. The quotes that I've seen from people about having like being happy with your career is like focusing your career not on getting to like the next tier of money or the next tier of position, but just like on the process of doing the work. And that if you make that, if like that part is the thing that makes you happy, 
then you don't fall into that trap of being career focused and then yeah. hollow and like, you know, you end up with uh, your big house and your and water supplier and, but yeah, your wife left you and uh, your son lives in a different country and, um, you know, your brother-in-law steals all your money. Yeah. That jerk. Um, <laughs> I did like the, the, uh, just like that the brother-in-law is just this kind of like goofy looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's this real, I don't know. He, he's narrated as this like real harmless looking character. And then he does what's a very harmful act, but turns out to be a very good thing for the, uh, yeah. for, for you. Cause um, if it didn't happen, you would have just like kept on yeah. working away until you died. And yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have had that final like the whole book i was like are they ever gonna like fucking be together yeah um and because he got fucked because you got fucked over by your brother-in-law um that sister fucker which is such a, <laughs> that it comes up a couple times it's, it's an it interesting up, insult like, five times yeah 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 i i was like oh interesting just like yeah instead of motherfucker it's sister fucker yeah and just, well and like in the beginning when he's just like haha ha, sit on my dick and sh- and his sister was like you sister fucker it's like that's not normal you know <laughs> like that's a really weird social convention yeah um, to just have incest be such a common thing between like uh, like such a common insult i guess yeah um yeah different it kind of different backgrounds there's a lot of and, cultural yeah. um deterrence uh, for incest because it lowers diversity and lowers, yeah. you know, uh, chances of survival. Um, so there's like, there's a taboo in almost every culture on it. So in the way of making it an insult further, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just like fucking makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Motherfucker just rolls off the tongue, but sister but, fucker is just like, Oh God. Oh, see, I enjoyed it because I wasn't like, you just get used to the insults you're used to. And so I was like, oh, this one's got like new potency. <laughs> like I'm not acclimated yeah. to it. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's, I was going to bring that up. It's like, they're probably, you know, used, it's their motherfucker. So yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they like use it jokingly casually. Um, yeah. There were a few points um, in the beginning that made me uncomfortable uh, as far as like sexuality goes. Yeah. It was like, especially in regards to his sister, just how, everyone was creeping on her mm-hmm. at like 11 12 years old they were mm-hmm. like oh yeah as soon as ever she has her like period she is fair game well there's a uh when he's talking to the uh the boxer that lives or the retired boxer that lives next door yeah um like they he says that there's like a little girl clinging to his leg and i was like well hold on yeah no it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah yay fun retired boxer now um what he was like what was his job he he was like a thug kind of yeah right? or like a security guy something or, like that yeah yeah I think, um, I think his official term was gunman yes yeah that was it oh. yeah so um so he's exactly like the guys that he later hires um yeah, yeah. and which that, says something to like doing like basic honest work it's I mean, maybe not with the increase of automation, but it's not going to happen overnight. But like those jobs will always be there, Mm -hmm. you know, or if one gets taken out, there'll be a new one that will replace it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you want to get rid of various like negative things, you have to, you got to change the like social dynamics around it. Um, but I, I, I think it's, uh, it's very interesting that for the, for like the whole climb through the ranks and like building up to being filthy rich and rising Asia, um, it's really just like it's him at whatever stage he's at and then looking forward and seeing the people that are slightly ahead of him mm-hmm. and Cause then I don't think just there's becoming ever, them. There's it's, never a moment of like, you did it. You're filthy rich. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, which in reality there isn't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cause I there's mean, always, he, he, there's always, a, you know, someone mm-hmm. who's like has more money, is more skilled, is right. more handsome. Like there's always, well, well I think he, he, gets to that point but it's not celebrated at all in the book because yeah. it's it's not like a joyous moment it's just like yeah now he's there now he can afford to like have this doctor from halfway across the world right. and like d- do all of these things fly people around um but it's like when he lets go of all of that he can just like sit around catching moonbeams you know like he's living his best life mm-hmm. but when he's at that point of like he did it like congrats no one ever says that they're saying mm-hmm. all right you're one of like five people who's done it you're like one of the top five people in the city mm-hmm. in your industry it's either kill or be killed like you better step up and if he were to get there you know he'd never have he'd never stop defending mm-hmm. that position and those around him would still be trying to steal from him and um he'd you'd eventually just like start going national or like global, you know, it just never ends. There's, there's no satisfaction. It's just a constant struggle. This right now I'm having a moment of realizing and appreciating like back when I spent a lot of time on YouTube watching various vloggers, um, you said vloggers like it's a dirty word. No, (laughs) I didn't mean to. Um, I just watching various vloggers, um, one of the prominent ones being a Lincoln boy, uh, hey, Dan, Dan Brown. Brown, not the author. Yeah. Um, different different one, Dan Brown. The one who taught me how to solve a Rubik's cube. Yeah. Um, also taught me a lot of good life lessons. Um, he got, uh, he works at Fuse now. Yeah. I yeah. think it's Fuse. I think um, so. I don't. One of the like music TV places, he has like a spot on like a show or something, but like he blew up. Mm-hmm. and his channel was massive he did this thing where for like a year you could like choose what he did every day and it was oh, like that guy yeah. oh my yeah. god i had no idea who you were talking about yeah. until you said that he's from lincoln yeah um wow but that yeah. makes sense you but gotta, like he you had this moment of like dr- like getting back to roots and like drastically changing what he was doing and i like lost interest and it was also at the time where I was just spending a lot less time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen other YouTubers do this of like, they're super popular, but they need to like go back to what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And they sacrifice all of this like views, which translates into ads, which translates into like money. Mm-hmm. Um, they sacrifice all of that to get back to like, you know, living a happy life again. Yeah. Well, it, it's, and it's also like, it's something I've always kind of, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good it's something I've always understood looking outside in, but mm-hmm. now I feel like I better understand it inside out. Yeah. I, I think that giving you an internal perspective is a really good part of the second 
uh, of the second person narration. Mm-hmm. But um, to bring up another vlogger, uh, Craig Benson. Benson? Yeah, I was gonna. Um, Wheezy Waiter. Was gonna um, mention Wheezy Waiter. There was a period of time um, where he was like doing a bunch of like jogging. I think he's still doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was like it was very focused on. Um, it, he he did comedy based stuff for years and years and years. I think he was like probably like five plus years of doing it and being like a big person on YouTube, and then he. Yeah, like switched stuff up and made it very much just about like self improvement and very it was pretty personal. Fun though, and he had like little like video game sounds and like yeah, no, plus I, I ones think that to... was that was the first stuff of his I really enjoyed in a long while. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't know, you go through those like YouTube waves of watching stuff For on sure. YouTube, or at least I do, um, where I like yeah, then it'll be like three years later, and I'll be like, whatever happened to that person? Um, but yeah, that that it's you know it's about being uh, content and happy and not you know chasing numbers. Which I need to go check out Stephen Subtick's channel. Yeah. Um. Now that Rooster Teeth let him go, because then he'll be doing what he wants, which means it should be real good. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what's up with those those boys. Those boys. Fun boys. But uh, man, this book it carries a lot and it's a small book yeah like it's a fucking small book it is it's like 210 222 pages Uh, that's a fun number yeah that's a really fun number yeah (laughs) um yeah very quick read um yeah i read it physically the first time and i think i read it in like two days or something like it was i was about to be like i recommend you read this book um, but I mean, that's with all the books that we're yeah. doing on this. <laughs> yeah. so, just, just read all the books. <laughs> yeah. Every book ever. Every book. Um, that'd be a lot of books. I don't know, what's, what's the new book rate? Like I know it's uh what? 60 hours of footage gets uploaded to YouTube every hour. So oh, what's God. the like oh. hours of, or like pages of book written every hour? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just in English alone. That's yeah. it's gotta be insane. Yeah. Um most of it's garbage though, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's this lots of stuff. Book did make me want to get a cheap moped just for the thrill of like <laughs> <laughs> around. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do. have honestly that many places that like like I don't do a whole lot of short around town stuff. I either like walk or bike, or if I need my car, it's like I'm heading out. I'm heading out of town, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm. It'd be a fun little thrill. I don't think they're that much, but I'm probably not gonna get one. <laughs> it's mostly because, like, when I have been to Asia, they're like everywhere because they're affordable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always imagine them as being like a pale green color. I don't know why, but like I always imagined the exact one from FLCL. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Do we Aww, have any uh, adorable dog snores <laughs> or sleep size? Do we have any like closing points that we like glossed over or hug your mom? Yeah. Love your wife. Yeah. Or dad or husband. Yeah. 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 Totally uh, ge- gender uh, neutral on that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and your pets. 
and your plants yes mm-hmm. yeah unless it's a cactus Go maybe outside. give it a hug yeah i mean plants don't really like to be touched but maybe maybe like go and go and sit on some uh some soil and uh observe observe nature doing its thing around you you know just spend some time thinking about things that really matter do you need that money do you give it up send it to us (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no I i don't have necessarily anything uh that i haven't mentioned already it's a good book um but yeah if you read it already then you know that uh if you haven't read it already, what are you doing? Go read that book. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Story Network. Join us next week for our discussion over The Word for World is Forest by Ursula K. Le Guin.